<clears throat> Welcome to Let's Explore This, your weekly crisis podcast. Crisis podcast? Is that what we're going to go with now? I think it's appropriate for the time. Yeah, breaking news. Kevin Sorbo looks like he is about to <laughs> dissolve into dust. He is so fucking old now. Jesus oh, Christ. Nice. If I look as bad as Kevin Sorbo at 63, ugh. You think uh, it's a name is Kevin? <laughs> a, certain, a certain point and you just start I'm aging bullish. Where, yeah. where do you think like he's it? from? His people come from? Um. Well, he's probably Norwegian. He's from Mound. Maybe he did too much alpine Sorbo. skiing and it became face got all leathery. But seriously, like this picture of him when he was like fifty. I guess he. I don't know. I guess when you turn sixty, you just kind of like. That's it over. <laughs> he should have done more like, mewing so his face didn't sag. Yeah, he's Norwegian. <clears throat> Sorbo was born in Mound, Minnesota, on September twenty fourth, nineteen fifty eight. I was he is unaware that he Minnesota. Mound. Yeah, I'm related to Kevin Sorbo very, very loosely. All Kevins are related. <laughs> no, his uh, one of his cousins uh, is related to my family from Southern yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, but he married into the family, so, you know. Actually, it's because you're Kevins. We're direct descendants of the no Sorbos. Dude, he attended Minnesota State University. Dude, Moorhead. he's a dragon, bro. Dude, me and him are fucking alumnuses, or even though I didn't graduate from there. New new plan for the pod is that all the Patreon money is going to go to Kevin Sorbo's next movie. <laughs> hey, dude, he was on the X. Oh, he was supposed to be um, Deep Throat. He was supposed to get Dave Fox Mulder. Wow, boy, he Fox. was a possible contender for the role of Fox Mulder in the X Files, which went they, to David Duchovny. They yeah. really dodged a bullet on that one. That show people, only people went are like still horny for Fox Mulder. Have been him at the helm. Oh yeah, let, let me tell you what I watch. Anything David Duchovny. I'm all in. Now, you I'm need to watch there. Twin Peaks then. I am. Yeah. Hey. Okay. Yeah, I have. All in. Kevin's, Kevin Sorbo was in in Hercules for six years or six seasons. 111 what episodes. About, what about Xena? See, you can't you can't compare Kevin Sorbo and David Duchovny because it's not even a competition. David Duchovny, not only David Duchovny is the Orson Welles of our time because he's also written many novels. He's branched out in the. He has a band called David, which his music is uh, how I like to describe music you put on when friends come over <laughs> as background noise. <laughs> That's funny. You got a few bangers on. Well, I just lo- I love David. Yeah, uh, Xena went on for the same amount of seasons, but it had 134 episodes. Yeah, that was, that was a good show. I, I had eyes when I was seven. I knew what was up. Dude, it <laughs> Xena ended June eighteenth, two thousand and one. All those horny comments you, yeah. about Adam are. I was a <laughs> No, could you? Could, could you guys imagine a post nine eleven Xena? I'm glad it ended before nine eleven. Yeah, I never watched watched that show. You missed out. I did. I watched Xena. I watched. I watched Hercules. I watched Xena, and I watched Sliders. Sliders was my favorite nineties sci fi. Nothing has compared. That guy who plays Gimli is in it. You know, that guy is uh, average sized. Average sized. A couple actors. No. Yeah, I mean, he's full sized in uh, Sliders, so, like, you, you know what he looks like. And, uh, dude, I can't remember the guy's name. The main character. Like uh, Jerry O'Connell. I'm definitely trying to understand you. Dude, Sliders was, is sick. I used to have Sliders. Uh, the intro to Sliders, I, I had a quote from the intro to Sliders on my Facebook <laughs> quotes. <laughs> If, and I think the only reason it's gone now is because uh, they got rid of that. 
do you remember when people used to be able to put like quotes on can. Facebook? Like people, do you remember when people would write poetry uh-huh. on Facebook? Yeah, you could have like a little note. Yeah, a little note, dude. I miss that. Yeah. Now it's all these God, it's just garbage on my Facebook. You can still put yeah. quotes on Facebook. Actually, I went and edited some not too long ago because I realized I had them since I was. Did Christ. you cringe? Exactly. Like, were you proud? I, I cringe when like those twelve-year memories come up and I look <laughs> and see what it is. My fucking god. Yeah. What a fucking moron. I. We're gonna cringe for the rest of our <laughs> lives. Yeah, I saw some of my old statuses. They were like the Minnesota equivalent of Valley Girl speak. I want to kill myself. <laughs> Yesterday, I got a memory of a status update from when I bought the Orion Music and More tickets. I was like, I'm going to Orion Festival. Yeah, thanks Thanks for still bragging about that. Yeah, it was sick. I remember that night I was on the phone with my cousin trying to figure out PayPal because he was PayPaling me the money and I like really wanted him to like Facebook pay me, I think. You just get PayPal. Dude, it was annoying. The way he did it, like, it ended up costing me money to, like, take the money out. Dude, Bruce screwed us. me with PayPal earlier. <clears throat> Facebook Pay is now through PayPal, actually. Maybe it was the whole time. Elon Musk I told you PayPal. I was going to PayPal or Facebook pay you that money for, like, five months. No, that's a lie. And you acted surprised when you got it on Facebook. No, I told you don't do that. I don't use Facebook Pay. I said and that I told for five you months. I I'm going to do it. <laughs> whatever i got you a snap for cash app and i got a free ten dollars or something so i don't care actually i think i got fifteen dollars so you got ten dollars <laughs> well anyway i digress you know guys i'm gonna admit something i don't know what i digress means but i hear it all the time it means you're deciding to get away from the rabbit hole oh, okay i mean that makes sense i kind of understood the context or whatever but I never truly m- knew what I digress means. It's the opposite of progress. Um, no, not really. Oh, but. is it two progresses? <clears throat> to turn aside, especially from the main subject of attention or course of. Damn, he just yeah. With the real, the real word. You're saying I'm okay. I always just figured it as me as like I give up on this conversation. Yeah, so you're claiming <laughs> like, hey, I took this conversation to a different yeah, point. You were derailing. I'm but... gonna stop. No. <laughs> yeah. Words with friends. Yeah, kind of. I, I digress this entire intro, and we started talking about Kevin Sorbo instead of Ukraine. Was, you know, honestly, it was it was but good. It was a little, a little happier yeah, now. <laughs> but but you know, it is our forty fifth episode. Oh, you know, you know, I'm gonna put my forty five hat on. Did oh you yeah, forty five hat. I got my fucking Trump Trump Tower hat from the nineties. <laughs> Let's go. I bought these forty five hats like four years ago, six years ago, and. I've been waiting for a time to break them out again, and today's the day. Make America great again. Again. These, these cool... You know, did you see that Trump kind of looked a little different? <laughs> did you see that picture where he sort of looked like skinny? Yeah. A wax figure? He looks old. It's because he's melting away I at thought he looked a little skinnier, kind of. But he also looked kind of zany. Has he, ha- I wouldn't be surprised if he's like slimming down due to like mania and stress. You know, yeah. Has he left Mar-a-Lago? He's there, he's there for tax purposes. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, do the guys like wandering around from room to room, just like interrupting weddings and stuff? He's like, I, 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 I'm gonna claim the night of Primanata, Phantom of the Golf Course. Like mid mid ceremony, he just walks in and he's like, does that weird little clap he does. <laughs> beautiful wedding. Beautiful, even beautiful more at uh, 
at Mar-a-Lago. You know, I tell Melania I go to these things uh, and I, I hope to find another. He's he's probably just a charmer. Like he probably like everybody who comes down to his club probably is just pats like, her ass a little bit. Charm. No. Well, you know when you go to like an old town bar and you want to make friends with everybody, and so there's some like old guy named like Dave or Joe that you got to talk to. Yeah. That's yeah, what Trump buy everybody is. Everybody's moccasins. Yeah. Water moccasins. Yeah. Oh, there's Trump. Better go say hi. He's he's been around for a while. He made this place. <laughs> is that hello, hello. Work look at the chat. Yeah, I did. Brew is saying goodbye. Oh. <laughs> this is Kevin's fault. It says GLHF. Um, that means good luck, have fun. Um, but yeah. Anyway, uh I guess yeah, let's start talking about Ukraine. Um Sam, I think you're the most well-read on this subject. If you want to kick things off, do you want to know where we're at or where? Full well, I think we should just say like I don't know. You just want to like talk about the beginning, middle, and and where we're at now. I guess because right, like, like beginning, last, middle, and end of today, you know, like we talked about um, like last episode, nothing had happened, yet. and then uh, Monday. Yeah, I was actually very doubtful. Me too, and so. I, I got to be honest, like this whole time, like we've been talking about this, because I think we've talked about it like the last three or four episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I just dismissed all this completely. Like I, I thought it was, you know, it was just Putin being Putin, you know, he's just saber rattling. Uh, it's just going to be like, it's going to be, he's going to go into the Donbass. It's going to be pretty nonviolent because uh, like those were held by separatists. And then it'll be the same thing that happened in Georgia. But that speech at, so like after last sunday that speech he gave on monday he recognized the two breakaway republics and said that he's sending in peacekeepers but the thing that got me the most was that speech he had on monday seemed like completely unhinged mm-hmm. so like to the world who's probably watched putin since 2000 became like president it was either 99 or 2000 um putin has kind of put on this like show and that's like what russian politics is it's very theatrical and like the tough guy bravado, um, cocky kind of attitude. Like I don't care what the world thinks. Like whatever. But the one like on Monday, what kind of scared me when he saw that speech? It seemed like he was unhinged. Like he's like legitimately like mad. Mm-hmm. And and then uh, what was it? Tuesday night is when uh, Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday night he launched the full blown invasion. And they just went all in um, from the north towards Kiev, uh, from the northeast towards the city of Kharkov. Kharkiv, and then down south even, and then into the Donbass region. So, like, literally three different incursion points. Um, But uh, the good news so far is that Ukrainians have been pushing back, and it seems as though... See, I want to be careful, like, how I say this, because I don't know. And Mm -hmm. it's like, we got fog of war stuff going on here, because if you look on Twitter and Reddit, it's overwhelmingly pro-Ukrainian, in the sense that the world has pretty much denounced this. Oh, yeah. this invasion, this Russian invasion of Ukraine. And so like a lot of stuff you see on like Twitter and Reddit and everything seems overwhelmingly, you're just seeing like the Ukrainians fuck the Russians up. And, and yeah. honestly, like I, I, like, I want to believe that is the case. But then like, if you look, like I'm on Reuters right now and you can see the kind of the up-to-date map of like the Russian invasion and like they're mm-hmm. making some headway in the South on the Crimea front um, up through Crimea They've entered into the Donbass. They've taken over good chunks there. They've broken through in an area between Kiev and Kharkov, and they are at they are at both Kark- Kharkiv and Kiev right now. Mm-hmm. But the Ukrainians have repelled two assaults on Kharkiv and one major assault on on Kiev. And but to my knowledge, though, uh, the Russian forces have been 
adding more and more actual armor uh, yeah. to the fight. So it sounds like they're going to be doubling down on on the push for Kiev here soon. For sure. So that's what I know. If, like from like all I know from like a military standpoint is that's where they're at. It's, it looks like the Ukrainians are putting up a, a fight in everywhere in the north specifically, and then I'm sure they're putting up a fight in the south. But the, it looks like the Russians are making more headway in the south up from Crimea, which honestly kind of makes sense because I think that whole area, like the south region all the way to like the Luhansk, Donetsk or the Donbass region has more of a Russian speaking population. That doesn't necessarily mean that they are um, supportive by any means of like the invasion or like pro-Russian government or anything like that. It's just maybe there's just less resistance or less of a Ukrainian identity. I don't know. Yeah. Didn't a lot of the separatists before the invasion like tell everybody we should start heading over to Russia right now. And I, th- I thought a lot of people exited and entered Russia civilians. from that region. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was oh, just the civilians. Yeah, they knew what was going to happen. Yeah. All right. How many miles are they advancing? Is I thought it was kind of like, like what sort of tactics do you think they're using? Is it like a blitzkrieg or it, no, it seems like it's kind of yeah. a fucking mess. Um, they're fighting I, them on like three fronts. Yeah. on three fronts, it seems very disorganized in the sense like, like there's reports that Russian tanks and armored vehicles are running out of fuels. So that implies there's a logistics yeah, cause issue. Probably, um, ma- well, I was going to cas- say like that oh, video sorry, of like ahead, the Ukrainians, like kind of berating that 18 year old that was left in his truck, like yeah. ran out of fuel. Mm-hmm. Oh, like I-, I saw a video on Twitter of like a Ukrainian going up in this like armored vehicle. And it's like, are you guys lost? And like, no, we're out of fuel. Is like, and he basically says, "None of you fucking guys know where you're going, anyways." <laughs> it's like, just drives off. Yeah, like, you know, like it seems like they're they're. I'm guessing what happened is they were they wanted to catch or capture the capital within a day. They yeah. wanted to capture both Kar- Kharkov, Kiev within a day to kind of demoralize, um, demoralize the population, and then be able to keep pushing. That didn't happen. The Ukrainian resistance was tougher than they thought it was. That combined with logistics errors, I think this whole like Russian invasion, at least it seems, been kind of chaotic and not going according to their plan. That doesn't mean that obviously they can't regroup and put up a bigger fight because it sounds like they haven't even committed all the forces. Mm-hmm. Well, did you see the thing about like the Russian troops on Tinder? See, this makes no, me think no. like they don't have like any security, like or they haven't like shut off like their troops phones or anything or made them turn them in or anything which so like kind of odd honestly you can't even they're not it doesn't seem like they're controlling what news reaches their own troops i don't know if that makes sense but oh the, i mean there's no way for a state to do that any longer i don't think i mean china like china for example mm-hmm. has like the most complex firewall in the world but like wouldn't made that with american bricks like demoralize you and like people get around assume. that all the time I don't know if they're using like draftees or anything, but like <laughs> a lot of Russians. Yeah, are so conscripts. like even if even if you are like a nationalist, I mean, you could still be demoralized by kind of like everyone in the world condemning you. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. And like, I don't. I have a feeling a lot of Russian soldiers don't want yeah. to be there, anyways. Like, I doubt yeah. anybody really wants this invasion. It's the same. It's the same thing with any. Uh, military you know you have the guys in the government are like we're fucking doing this and just don't have a choice you're, yeah you're put in shitty situation so i what i'm kind of afraid of happening is the russians don't have a great track record with i mean i don't think anyone has a great track record with like war but i have a feeling if they're not making any progress they're going to start 
rain and rockets more indiscriminate because they brought up TOS01, TOS1, uh, they're like thermobaric rockets and those things are death machines. Like, yeah. They kind of explode around you and they mm-hmm. suck all the oxygen out of the area. So if you're even in like the area, yeah, rip your like, lungs you're, out. you're dead. Like those are suffering. Yeah. Are suffering. <clears throat> this map of Russia's advancement into Ukraine kind of reminds me of a map I saw at the World War II Museum of us advancing into Japan. And we yeah. basically like just surrounded the entire country and burned it from the outside in. <laughs> and one of Putin's biggest things or whatever for this whole he said he's claiming he wants to demilitarized Ukraine. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's trying to position Ukraine as somewhat of like Russia's Japan and Europe, you know, like a, a satellite state or a vassal state of Russia to gain to keep influence and power within the region. I mean, yeah. So I that, think he might just be slow burning the whole thing down to the ground. That guy could. I, I don't see what, what doesn't make sense to me. Um, and you guys chime in on this is like I like the country of Russia now has every country basically denouncing its action or abstaining from voting mm-hmm. <laughs> um, has completely isolated itself from tr- like being able to trade with anyone. Its main source, like some of its sources of income are no more like they won't unless unless they decide to trade with like India and China, which is what I'm guessing is going to happen in order for them to stay afloat. Like they've completely isolated themselves from the world. And it makes no sense to me. Like the invasion itself makes no sense. Like it's no like it's like a zero sum game. Like they don't gain anything from it other than that. I guess extra security, like that extra buffer zone that they've been yeah. looking. Yeah, I think that's all they want. Because I, 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 I don't think that. Uh, I don't know. I think long term they've been making all these ties and systems with the global south that they're hoping like they can. Uh, I think they're trying to like leverage the fact that the, the the government or the world is so interconnected to China. Like, I think this is the first, I think this whole event is kind of the showcasing the West losing power and how, and, and the regional superpowers thing that people were talking about for, you know, the last 10, 15 years. Um, I think it's finally coming to roost because China and Russia are so important at the geopolitical stage that like, they can Russia can sit here and do all this stuff. We don't want to fight them because they have nukes and they'll destroy the world. And so we cut them off economically, but they have all these economic ties with with China and like Iran and like all these countries that we shut out. And you're st- starting to see like China is going to become the largest economy in the world soon. And then they're going to be, you know, and they border Russia. So they're going to be able to direct all their fuel down to China. And China mm-hmm. wants to use raw materials from other countries because they don't want to use their own. Like China just wants to produce manufactured goods because it doesn't destroy their land and it's worth more. So like China's just going to, or Russia's just going to be able to basically take its entire raw material sector and shift it to China and the global South. And I think they'll be okay. I, I don't know. I, 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 we'll have to see how it plays out, but I think, I think they're in for some short-term pain, obviously, as we've seen there entire economy collapse but you know as we mentioned sam you mentioned on the last episode they have all those reserves foreign currency reserves and stuff and gold so they're going to be able to keep chugging along and then once all the infrastructure is in place to import even more energy into china china is just going to buy it from russia a bunch of the oligarchs it'll make it more competitive banks are frozen Mm -hmm. uh i think with u.s assets yeah because 
So I was going to say, I, I think it's like six hundred billion dollars. Six hundred eighty billion dollars wow. in foreign curves, and that includes gold. Yeah. So I it was like one hundred thirty bi- billion dollars of gold. See, here's the thing too, because like that kind of diversity helps cushion the blow because with this crisis like this gold prices surge so that, that i mean that 130 billion dollars can turn into 200 billion dollars depending on how high gold goes you know but the thing i guess they just removed russia from the swift banks mm-hmm. or the swift i don't exactly. i'm gonna be honest i don't know exactly 100 what that means but it sounds like some of the reserve currencies that they have can't be moved so that cuts out some of that 680 billion dollar reserve okay like, but it also sounds like they're only doing select Russian banks from being able to do that. So I don't know if it's going to work. I think they're trying to hit the banks that hold the assets of the oligarch. Yeah. So like think- if you're a regular Russian, you can still transact and stuff. But if you're an oligarch, your bank is fucked. I'm sure it's going to screw a ton of people, working yeah. class folk too. And that's the thing. Like these wars, they're only going to hurt working class people. I don't know. See, mm-hmm. that's this is kind of an interesting topic I've been seeing is because like, this is a leftist podcast, I guess, today, yeah. but it seems that the left has this very big yeah. conflict going on with what's happening. Maybe it's just the traditional leftist way of just saying the West is always wrong, so whatever is against the West is correct kind of feeling, because that's what I'm seeing. Like, a lot of, on Twitter at least, a lot of people are like, yo, well, Russia's just trying to like do their like self-interest. And I agree to the point with, I don't agree with what's happening now. I should say that what is happening now is absolutely 100% wrong. War is wrong. War is wrong no matter what. But they always point out, like, after the fall of the Soviet Union, why did NATO expand further eastward? You Mm -hmm. know, you know, the international community did continue to treat Russia as like an outsider after the fall of the Soviet Union and wanted to basically neuter them and make sure that they never have that place or that that holding or that stance of power or the amount of power they did during the soviet era yeah. ever again i i guess i'd heard like yeah back then like kind of the west told gorbachev they basically tried to assuage like any fears he had just basically tell him what he wanted to hear and like yeah russia russia yeah and i've often heard of as people describe the 90s in russia yeah. as their great depression like mm-hmm. tons of gang warfare economic collapse you know mm-hmm. it was a clusterfuck mm-hmm. um and it wasn't until and honestly, that's why Putin so po- like is pretty popular in Russia with the older uh, uh, population is because like Russia's seen kind of like a rise out of that '90s with him at the, the hell. And yeah. So, but they also have great state propaganda there too. <laughs> so they they blame the West for everything, and the West isn't exactly sin free from all mm-hmm. this either. Yeah, I, I I think we're each other's boogeyman for sure. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> if you look at like. I don't know. I saw this this diagram comparing like propaganda, basically media propaganda uh, of anti-Russian. And they basically have taken like every Russian leader for the last like 50 years and turned them into an octopus. They turn them into like a big Kraken looking monster on the cover of their publication. Like the Economist did this with Putin like five years ago. And uh, and it shows their little tangles and everything, you know. Uh, so, I, I, yeah, that's just kind of the power dynamics here. And I feel like we're fighting, we're just fighting an old war. And like, I, I think this is coming from just, a, there was never a true de-escalation after the Cold War. <clears throat> and yeah. no, this war is just, it has uh, all the echoes of the past. And- yeah. And, and so it, <clears throat> maybe this, we could save this for later because it's a little off topic, but it's like, it kind of seems like 
right now is kind of the time where I feel like the next generation of leadership needs to come in and take over because we're sitting here right now facing an existential global existential crisis uh, of, of the threat of nuclear destruction again um, because of some guy who misses yeah. the Soviet Union. He's a boomer. He's 70. And then we, <clears throat> so it's like, it's almost like when George Bush invaded Iraq was to finish what his daddy started back in the 90s. Yeah. And so now you got Putin over here trying to reclaim his previous past glory. And then you have <clears throat> Joe Biden, who I think it looks extremely weak. Yeah, he, he looks. And he's a bad wartime I was saying yesterday, leader. he reminds me. He, he's, he seems weaker than Jimmy Carter. <laughs> like, yeah. He, it, it, he's no Volodymyr yeah. Zelensky. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As a wartime leader, yeah. Does Joe Biden doesn't? Maybe Joe he's Biden just looks a like he's hard in like thirty years. <laughs> Zelensky though, hard all day. He's, um, he's not. Yeah, yeah. Who's the horny president? <laughs> you should see my guy Joe after he's got got a chocolate chocolate chip <laughs> cone in him. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it just seems like I don't know because all all we're doing now is just posturing by like ramping up nato forces mm-hmm. on the borders of ukraine and then joe biden comes out and like <laughs> slot brains a speech out in front of everybody and <laughs> and then we're like business as usual you know like i i feel like people are obviously still talking about this but like i feel like we've moved on already in yeah. in like the mainstream uh as a country i feel like we've moved on like we're this is total appe- it's going to be a total appeasement by the west in my opinion like they're going to do these sanctions, which they've been doing forever. Uh, they're going to make the people of Russia more resentful against the West and poorer and hungrier. Uh, and that's going to allow Putin, I think, to keep driving his nationalistic message and authoritarian message. Like, hey, we got to like he's going in here completely under the pretense of protecting Russia. So like yeah. he seems to be like he has made himself like the only, I guess, legitimate cause the conflict you know to start this conflict but i mean obviously it's not um it's not the right thing to do um so i i I just i don't know i just don't see how this thing i don't think we're gonna end in a nuclear uh extinction or anything but um i don't know i don't see how this plays out well Uh, maybe the like divide ukraine into two different states i I don't know they are supposed to be talking soon yeah they're gonna they're sending delegations to ukrainian belarus i could see it being more like a ceasefire like with north and south korea maybe something like that like hey russia get get out of there we won't make them nato like we'll make them neutral because weren't that weren't a lot of european nations already like trying to make decisions to view ukraine as a neutral state yeah, and they they wanted to they called it the Finland Finland is a Ukraine because Finland during the Cold War played a, new, a very new yeah it's yeah. just a neutral party in, in how everything went. and I think yeah that's what Russia claims it's all they want um I don't know like I I honestly I dismissed everything up until Monday when this happened like it wasn't even uh-huh. a possibility and then after this I don't know sure I just know that Russia wants a buffer state and ultimately I think it's up to the and that's what's like. It's, it's tricky because every country has a right to self-determination without threat of military or economic force against them. Mm-hmm. So it's all ultimately up to the Ukrainians. And as much of a fight they're putting up against the Russians, it sounds like they don't want to be part of Russia. So mm-hmm. that's yeah, yeah. It's just like, I feel like this old crisis could have been inverted if like those two breakaway republics, they just had a referendum. Because isn't that what happened in the Sudan? 
when uh, like yeah South Sudan they had like a, a referendum to become a mm-hmm. yeah and that's I I believe what ended like all the strife in Northern Ireland was their ability to be able to have a referendum yeah you know just see like some future like give people the ability to make that decision for themselves yeah it sounds that's what it sounds like it's like maybe kiev wasn't giving the eastern part of the country as much of a voice as they want like as, mm-hmm. as they wanted in that region so yeah yeah i mean yeah that was the pre- pretense for this whole thing and i see that's the thing i i feel a little ignorant on the history of the situation because like i just kind of remember the big events you know like then 08 when they took invaded georgia and and then Crimea in 14, you know? So I, like, from what I've been reading, you know, the pro-Russia stuff is basically saying, like, Zelensky is kind of like a white nationalist, and he supported all these white nationalist groups in Ukraine, and um, and they've been bombing the Donetsk region for, like, eight years and killing a ton of civilians over there and this and that. Like, basically, people were saying Ukraine is, like, Israel, and Donetsk was... Uh, Palestine, more more or less, to put it simply, um, and so like they're saying, Russia is basically coming in here to protect these people, which is obviously the Russian narrative, um, and then obviously Ukraine, funded by you know U.S. dollars, was sitting there, you know, trying to fight for their own country and keeping their state together, basically. You know, that, that's kind of how I've understood this whole situation. Because wasn't that guy like a television dude? Like a lot of people are calling him like the Ukrainian yeah. Trump essentially yeah, he was a, he was a former comedian yeah he won, he won his election in like a landslide he won like 73 mm-hmm. but i think his popularity like dipped after uh whole thing but now his popularity's got to be yeah. skyrocketing yeah like yeah 90 percent i yeah i i, I <laughs> could say that i'm pretty ignorant on on a lot of the situation i do know that because like last july when putin had that that essay he wrote about like how ukraine and russia were the country or whatever it's kind of ignorant to the fact of the history that Russia and Ukraine were part of two separate entities for the longest time. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. the Russian Empire controlled that area, but Ukraine has had its own unique identity since forever, basically. Yeah, yeah. they share similar language and culture, but they're they are kind of like Austrian German. Like, Ukraine, was yeah, it founded by like Vikings in Kiev. Yeah, like the Kiev and Rus were. Uh, like they asked, they called the Vikings the Rus. I'm pretty sure. Like if I'm yeah. wrong on this, people need to need to correct me. But they, that's what they called them. And then they asked these Viking warlords mm-hmm. to come and rule them. And that started like the, the yeah. I think that was like in like 940, like with the Kiev and Rus. 940 yeah. AD. And then after you know, there was a period of time of like you know the Slavic princes, yeah, and when they were and hit by the Mongols. And the Mongols. <laughs> Yeah, the Mongols came over, and then the then the Golden Horde, and then that's kind of like where the whole situation where Russia has always been like a boogeyman of Europe, because they've always been seen as yeah. European, but not at the same time, because yeah. they were cut off from Europe for so long. And I guess I, I was, well, the part of U- Ukraine was part. No, of, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say but, Russia has kind of always had an like a historic appetite for a strongman ever since the Mongols invaded. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's kind of like. It's the Rus- like it's kind of like the Russian attitude. Like Russian state and person are like in self the same. I heard that from somewhere. I don't know, but it seems like that that's part of their identity is the state and the. But like mm-hmm. like, like you half of Ukraine was part of you know the segment in the east. Well, the other part was part of like the Polish Lithuanian um, whatever that was. So they were separated for a period of time, and Ukraine mm-hmm. had built its own identity at the time. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think Ukraine is definitely a distinct identity from Russia. And I, I think, I don't know, have you guys ever heard of the uh, yeah. Holodomor yep. famine? A, a lot yeah. of Stalin Holodomor. denied it ever Holod- happened. Yeah, Stalin, yeah. Stalin freaks here are going to like... I don't fucking care. Fuck the Stalinists. They, they claim it. Yeah, I don't Holodomor. care for Stalin. Yeah. He starved all the Ukrainians. Yeah, the terror famine. Yeah, killed like 4 million of them. Yikes, that's terrible. But yeah, I mean, I... I don't know. I, I I don't think this plays out well for Russia uh, in the end. I don't know. Maybe they'll get what they... If, if truly what they want is like a ceasefire and just like stymie NATO expansion, then sure, maybe. They'll probably get that. I could see them getting that. And I don't see... I don't see that as a weakness or the West really giving up that much because um, it would just kind of make Ukraine stay neutral or whatever. Um, and I don't know if that's really appeasement because i think that's what people are worried about right now is like we don't want to appease russia uh because that's kind of like appeasing like when we appease nazi germany pre-world war ii you know we got to cut this conflict off uh at the head um so i don't know that's what i I, if i was the united states i guess or nato countries i probably would just say we'll view them as neutral uh just get the fuck out of there that would be my bargaining chip i guess I think the best way forward is exactly what we said. Like, the world needs, because this is all, like, old war. Mm-hmm. Like, this is all... Why Why do we have all these old hostilities towards each other anyways? It's all... Like, we yeah. need a way to think. And we talked about on the last podcast, is the whole world right now is in a, in a frenzy for... Or, like, in a nostalgia mm-hmm. for the old world. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what everybody wants. And I think you're seeing the consequences of that kind of thought and that kind of vision. And that, Yeah. What... What I wanted to say specifically is I hope people can learn is is that Russia today is led by not like they don't want the Soviet Union back. They want a great Russia, a Russian empire. Like and I shouldn't say like what, what Putin what his vision is is a great Russia with Russia. It's a hyper nationalistic fascist state. That's what Russia is. And this is what happens. This is what nationalism always brings. Anywhere it is. My country right or wrong kind of thing. The same thing the United States did the same thing when it said, like, my country right or wrong, when in the United States. You know, when you have mm-hmm. this hyper-nationalistic frenzy, this always happens. And so I think people need to be wary of, like, once it talks like this, they need to be like, we can't go down this road again. Yeah. The only difference between now and World War II, I would say, is that we have nuclear weapons. So I don't think it will ever escalate to that point again, I would hope. Yeah. But a lot of things have been kind of wacky lately, so who the fuck knows? <laughs> yeah, I... I think we have seen a lot of like the events that uh, were like the pretense for World War One and World War Two. I think we've seen that kind of play out again. You know, we've seen like we're all in this economic downturn and the best way to get your economy boosted is to start a military invasion. That's the best way for the United States and Russia, whose both of our economies are very militaristic and depend on, you know, building weapons and stuff. So yeah that's why i'm afraid of escalation it's just because of the monetary value that these people gain i mean like i was kind of joking on twitter or whatever like our politicians only know how to talk to us through commodity prices because that's like been the republican talking point of this whole thing is like u.s needs more energy independence to get away from russia who supplies like eight percent of our petroleum you know like it, it it's just it's ridiculous and and so you're going to see Joe Biden, who also warned uh, energy companies not to use this as a 
uh, excuse to raise gas prices. Like that, the talk on gas, <laughs> like gas prices in the United States is kind of it's weird up 50 cents. Um, but horrible. yeah, anyway, like, I don't know. I think we're in a tough spot right now because like I said, Joe Biden seems like a weak yeah. leader. We have crazy inflation. Um, and you know, if, if whatever the economic fallout of Russia is, I mean, that would come that would screw our economy up too because of how global globally connected we are. Uh, like the only way out of this would be a war because that's all that we manufacture on shore is wars and, and weapons. So I could see that happening, I guess, unless cooler heads prevail and we do something to strengthen an international organization governing body. It, cooler heads have to, like there's no option other than that here because... World war at this stage in our human evolution is not feasible. It's the end. Mm-hmm. And I can't stress yeah. that enough. Like world war, war between Russia and the West is death for everybody. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of unacceptable. Cool heads have to, have to prevail here. Like, I mean, I know the fight always continues for a better world, but maybe that's, what's going to happen after this. Maybe people are realizing like war is outdated. Mm-hmm. It does not do anything anymore. Yeah. You know, there are lots of people in Russia now even protesting the war themselves. Good on them. I know they're all getting arrested and beaten by police, but they're standing up and saying, like, we don't want this war. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I think I'm hoping that's where we're heading. Mm-hmm. We need new leadership, new fresh ideas, new younger people in in there being leaders, because all this old nostalgia for the old world is just fucking causing chaos. Yeah, and and think of the assumptions and stereotypes that older generations have like about each other. You know, like the people going into negotiations right now uh or the people actually leading both of these countries were around for the red scare. Mm-hmm. You know, they were around for all that stuff. So they have all this negative like information that they've carried almost their entire lives and they're going to bring that into these meetings where I think it's much more common today for normal people like us to know someone who's Russian. Yeah. I mean, a couple episodes ago, I think Sam and I, we were talking, yeah, we'd love to visit Moscow and like beer crawl our beer, beer crawl our way of each other. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I want to vodka on the train to fucking Vladivostok. Yeah. Shoot the shit with some Ruskies. Like stumble next to the Volga river. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to visit Russia, but now like this is like with the, this is all this old tensions boiling over mm-hmm. again and, and ruining it. Now yeah. it's going to start a whole new generation of uh, hatred yeah. towards each other, hatred and distrust. Now we're going to have yeah. a whole nother generation of that because yeah. old people couldn't get up, get a hold of themselves. It, yeah, yeah. That's why I think they need to go. I mean, yeah. If you're next to Putin, I, just I don't know. Like during the Obamas, right I don't just yeah. I don't know. just do it. Fuck. <laughs> satire satire uh so uh <laughs> we uh i mean like if you, if you look at like how obama was like going about his pivot to the east or whatever a big part of that was strengthening ties um by doing foreign exchange programs and like you know sending americans over there to learn at chinese schools and sending chinese over to the united states mm-hmm. to learn at american school and 
I think that in itself, I mean, especially when you have, because I mean, we know all these leaders, like when they're coming from like Ivy League, you know, crazy schools. I mean, even like Xi Jinping was like doing school and, and, and uncle or what King BB was like in school in Philadelphia in high school and shit. You know, all these leadership people, it's a small world for them. And they are going and if you have these cross country ties like that, they're making cohorts and friends that are eventually going to become either leadership in the U.S. bureaucracy or political class. So like they get to know each other. Like I was saying, like us, remember when we met that Bulgarian guy on uh, Omegle, Sam? You know, it it might seem stupid and dumb, but I've had so many just tiny little contacts with people. Like I remember during MSN and Skype, like when that was big, Uh, And we started going to war in Afghanistan. I somehow (laughs) met somebody, you know, I was talking to strangers on the internet. Uh, I met a guy from Afghanistan and we would hang out and uh, he like showed me his house and like his mom. And we just sat there and talked about like what was going on, you know, and we were just having this conversation like normal people. Um, And so like someone like us, someone in our generation, I feel isn't scared of of these people they don't have that pretense that like oh these are bad people these are bad communists blah 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 like somebody as old as joe biden would have i think you 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 can kind of see that in the way because after 9 11 there was like the frenzy muslim frenzy or whatever Mm -hmm. it's still there but i don't think it's anything like what the cold war was freaked out and afraid of each other yeah i'm like i'm not denying the existence of like racism and xenophobia and islamophobia and stuff like that it still absolutely exists but i don't think it exists the degree like it did during the cold war maybe it did maybe yeah. it does maybe, maybe i'm ignorant could be no I, I think you're right i mean i think the best example of that is just we like one of the biggest progressive heroes in american history was fdr and he literally put japanese people in camps you know mm-hmm. you didn't see that after 9 11 you didn't see george bush putting you know all the muslim americans in camps um it was more like fringy, weird militia groups that are the ones causing problems. And I don't know. And some of it was covert, I guess, because I have heard stories of like the CIA and the FBI fucking over like politically active Muslims who like they were riding that line, you know, between, yeah. you know, and, and and in my opinion, they probably shouldn't have been fucked with. Like the, I, I heard this story about this guy. He started a uh, I think he was white, like he was an American who converted to Islam and um, he started this uh, Islamic kindergarten called Al-Shabaab, which I think Al-Shabaab means like something good. But obviously, we all know Al-Shabaab's a terrorist group. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, caused some issues. And then he, he was a felon. I forgot what he did, but he couldn't own guns anymore. So anyway, Al-Shabaab the, means the youth. The youth. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And it's, it's a kindergarten called Al-Shabaab. And anyway, so <laughs> this guy wasn't supposed to have weapons or whatever. And the FBI was all over him, like seeing what he was doing, thinking he was trying to like do this uh, Islamist extremist stuff. And uh, they didn't really find anything concrete except a photo that was taken in like 2013 on a shitty cell phone and posted to Facebook of him at a gun range. And because of that photo and him not being able to own a gun at that time, they threw him in jail. Blatantly illegal. Yeah. It's (laughs) it's fucked up. So like, sure. That stuff still exists. Like, I guess that's probably that's the point. The reason why I told that story is because that stuff does exist. But I think you're right that 
it's not like the fangs have been taken out of it more or less. Like it's not mass scale. Yeah. The attitude of younger people is generally more, I don't, broadly speaking, I don't really give a shit about what those people are doing over there. Like, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, it's like, we should be like, you know, it's like, we need to like hate them for some reason. Like why? Like, I don't care. It's like, could you imagine growing up and like hating gay people? Like, like our parents' generation did. Like, I can't even like fathom that. It's just like, oh, they're gay. It's like, I don't, cares like yeah you know what i mean like we're the who's who cares generation <laughs> <laughs> pretty much and I, I i'd say a lot of that has to do with like so world war ii was like hyper patriotism you know like everyone loved america after that you know mm-hmm. it became the supreme leader of the world after world war ii so going into the cold war you're able to you know convince all these people who are on this america high to become super patriotic um against russia and and you know i'd I'd say it was easier to unify everybody and when they tried to do that in iraq and afghanistan for our generation it backfired because all we saw was you know corruption and you know yeah death yeah war profiteering yeah yeah Yeah. we we saw it for what it was which maybe maybe that's what warned us of yeah, I, I think because of the uh, America's response to nine uh, to nine eleven and the invasion of Iraq and Afghanistan, I think that has really just put a chip on our shoulder about what our intentions actually are. Like we saw war fail horribly. Yeah, twenty and years of it. Exactly, and for what? And, you know, and I I think mostly it was you know so the Bushes could be vindicated and the Cheneys could get a seventh vacation mansion or something and. You know, so it's like we see that stuff happen and it's just it's very disheartening and it makes you like we're like the most uh, unenthused voter class, you know, like we don't participate in government. You know, we're just sitting here like getting fucked every which way. And now they want to start a war like that's kind of how it looks like to me. It's like I'm just sitting here and most of my cohorts are just sitting here trying to survive, get a paycheck, trying to buy a home, trying to you know, do whatever, just trying to live your life. And then these fuckers are going to start a war. Like, fuck off. Like, these people are just so old and dumb and hate each other, filled with hate and racism and xenophobia and nationalism. Like, we need to get rid of them. I mean, because it's just, it's going to kill us all. Be- these yeah. people's, like, quest for power and 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 wanting to accomplish their goals on what the ideal world is through their perspective. And it's the con- we're going to suffer the consequences like always we suffer the consequences as the working class we suffer the consequences of the ruling class's decision i wish we had like a vacation exchange program where we could just everybody signs up what country do you want to go to and we go like go on a yeah yep I think be yeah sick. Fuck yeah on a train say. ride across russia siberian railroad baby Woo. um i was thinking maybe the the marxist revolution be uh Lazy. Yeah, it was to ride a tra- it was to yeah. ride a train. What I, what I, what I, well, it's just like it's it's like after after the fall of the Soviet Union, we were so desperate to find an enemy um, that we just didn't know what to do with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then when we went to war after nine eleven, unjustifiably in Iraq, it didn't take long for many Americans to be like, "What the fuck are we doing?" Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Like, why are we fucking the, like, why are we there? But like the opposite was true. Like during, it took forever during the Vietnam war for that. It didn't take forever, but it took more time for the American public to get there. And during the Korean war, I think most Americans were overwhelmingly supportive 
of being a part of that war. So I think after the fall of the Soviet Union, and we're such more interconnected now and in seeing each other, when, when these guys are like, because during the, so quick story, during the First World War, you had the German and Russian front lines, and the Russian front, like the Russian trench would literally be fucking killing their own officers because the, the fucking Bolshevik and socialist ideas were like basically like spreading like wildfire being like, yeah, why are we fighting this fucking war? And, and the Germans were like, what the fuck? Like, you know, kind of like this. But I think that's kind of like at the point. It's just like what I, when I joke and say the, the Marxist revolution isn't going to be violent, it's going to be lazy. It's like, I don't fucking care enough about this. You know, like, mm-hmm. why the fuck? Like, I mean, I care. I'm joking in the sense it's like there's no point to this. Like, the, I'm mm-hmm. seeing beyond this facade of like we need to go bomb these people. Why? Tell, give me a yeah. good reason why. It's just like, oh, because, uh, you know, it's like, no. Not a good reason. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. Not gonna fight your fucking war, kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And I, I and I think I think or, that's good. Well, I, I was gonna say like labor is the only bargaining chip we have. So like I could see laziness <laughs> being the Marxist revolution because well, like we're not gonna do anything for you fuckers if you're gonna sit here and cause wars. That's exactly what I was gonna I was gonna say. Is like you're seeing it right now with the great like worker shortage. It's like no. I ain't going to go back to that fucking job if you're going to treat me like dirt and pay me like dirt. Like, fuck you. Yeah. I'll stay home. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. Fuck off. Yeah. Dad. I, I think when they talk I about. I don't need a job. <laughs> I think, yeah. I, I, when they talk about, like, how our generation's supposed to be the the saviors or whatever, the hero generation, like the people of World War One or whatever, the silent generation, I think was the last one. Um, I mean, we, we just got to take. We have to take the power. You know, we've been saying this for so long. We're like, oh, look at all these people there. They can only find Trump and Biden to run for president. Like, you can't do better than that. It's like, we need to step up because we are the next ones, essentially. We're the next people that are going to replace all these old war hawks. And I honestly still, to this day, don't really think there is a viable millennial uh, leader out there. Like, it's like we're all making avocado. Yeah, it's like we've all we've been following these boomers for like forever <laughs> since like the 80s. I don't know. Was Ronald Reagan a boomer or was he's, he what he had been a silent generation? Yeah, he's pretty. Yeah. And and so it's kind of like we've just been living in their world for the last for our entire lives. We've just been living in their world and now the world's falling apart and we can either pick up the mantle and get like push them aside as leaders or we can all die with them. And they're, we can either die by nuclear war or choking on, choking to death on the oxygen. You know, it's, yeah. it's, that's all that's, that, that's the, that is what they're leaving us with. <laughs> so we have to do something. I mean, we just, we do. There <laughs> so needs young, to be, sorry. <laughs> young people, your choice is nuclear war or climate change. Pick one. How do you want to Ex- fucking die? Exactly. We need to pick neither. We need to, we need to find some way to take the reins of all these powerful institutions into our own hands and and lead us out i don't know to all you here on the couch we salute <laughs> yeah i mean if i worked for freaking halliburton or boeing right now i would just not go to work like let's not build Folks, the tanks this is this our time. busiest week um we need you to come in and put in a few extra hours yeah <laughs> or, or these neo-lib boomers need to roll out that uh war credit idea i had we, we need we need death offset credits that's what we need. Pizza party like, on Friday. Yeah, we'll, we'll get yeah. you some Domino's. Yeah. What am I? A fucking Let's rib? Let's Putin some no. lava cakes and tell him to chill the fuck out. <laughs> Wait, no. The Russians like Pizza Hut, remember? Gorby was That's in the right. Pizza, pizza Hut commercial. Okay. 
let's Dorby. let's mail Vladimir Putin a bunch of fucking shitty ass <laughs> pizza hut pizzas. No, let's like let's make a Gorby's face out of a pizza. Put like a little pepperoni on his forehead. <laughs> Remember the promise of the West? Just <laughs> a bunch of fucking pizza hut pizzas. Let's get those like those weird bubbly red cups that were at Pizza Hut's and just start chucking them at him. Like remember when George Bush had the shoe thrown at him? Let's go to some yeah. press conference yeah. with Putin and start chucking Pizza Hut cups at him. <laughs> we want peace. That's on the Russian people. <laughs> but you know, honestly, I think uh, I guess just to bring it back to more serious, like with all these sanctions and stuff, I'm pretty sure Russia funnels all their money through Cyprus. Whoa! Like there's like a bunch of banks in Cyprus because Cyprus is you know. I think that it's two different countries. It's weird. Like the little island there. And that's like it's where like, all the oligarchs go to vacation and launder their... Isn't it like Hag- Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to Cyprus, elephants and monkeys. But no, I think you're right. It's for the Shakespeare heads. Kevin, it's just like, we're living like... <clears throat> this war is an old war that just started because of old thoughts, old thinking. Yeah. And it's always, it's always that way. I, I think what should be floated around it, at like the UN would be because like basically if something is as a if a revolution if a resolution is agreed upon in the un it then goes back to the country's government and their people to vote on whether or not they want to pass it as law domestically so like i think they should start floating around like a age limit to be a world leader but then you're asking people to give up power and that that's the problem is the peaceful transition of power because the only time there's been like People say the only time there's been a peaceful transition of power is when the UK gave power to the United States. So like right after World War II, or two, when we became the you know world superpower, and I guess the 90s more or less, you know when the USSR toppled, I don't know, but like that was a peaceful transition of power, and we we maintained a friendly relationship with Britain. You know they're they're one of our, they're like our closest ally. So you know that's like the only time in history. That power has transitioned peacefully. And, you know, there is a history between the U.S. and Britain that isn't very peaceful. But in that, you know, perspective, it was peaceful. You're also um, forgetting about the American war machine. It can't allow us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I don't know. I'm just, I guess I'm saying it is possible. We just got to figure it out. And I think they need to start, you know, putting that resolution out there that like, hey, maybe 65 should be the cutoff or for world leaders. Because, you know, like I was saying, yeah. We're just fighting an old war. There's all this old shit happening and all these old ideas and old stereotypes that are being applied um, just inherently because of the people who are acting in this aggression and they don't fit our needs. Like that idea does not fit what, what we value. Like we don't have the same values as older generation um, for the most part. And I personally don't have any ill will or a wish death upon anyone in the world you know and and putin obviously wants to just kill random people in ukraine it's disgusting it's horrifying and disgusting and people like that should not have positions of power well said i don't know what do you think are uh, i guess you want to wrap it up with like likely outcomes like what do you think is going to happen next i don't know I, d- I guess it depends on these talks with ukraine are you talking like a world just like that situation or just like the, the situation between russia and ukraine like is this yeah. gonna do you think it'll be a short conflict or do you think this is gonna drag on forever i i, th- I think i don't know i'm not gonna make any predictions because all my i'm gonna say in three weeks it's all wrapped up I, yeah I, don't know. I hope so two episodes from now it'll be okay. yeah i mean it i guess i i think this 
at this point in his, I think we're going to have to, I don't know. I, Adam, you go. Uh, what do you think is going to happen? Sanction the fuck out of them and they're going to give up. You think Russia's yeah. going to go home? I mean, I, I hope they don't get to keep anything that they've taken, supposedly. I kind of hope that, mm-hmm. like, all these Russian troops just advance and they run out of fuel and they're like, yep, we're done. <laughs> we're, we're, we voluntarily, <laughs> voluntarily surrender. They just want to go back home and be with their families. We, That's what I hope happen. We should get, we should get Abby Shapiro to record a video asking yes. for peace in the region and then, and then promote it on like Facebook or yeah. whatever social media they're using only for men between the ages of 18 mm-hmm. and like 30 yeah. in the Ukraine region. And then they'll all fall yep. in line and they'll go home. <laughs> <laughs> they'll start acting classically. Is she, um, having, is she having twins? Because <laughs> if, if she's having twins, she could call it like uh, Ukraine and Russia. They could be they could be her two babies. <laughs> She'll name her firstborn son after Vladimir Putin if he declares peace right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I kind of think if what they're saying is true, that they only want Ukraine to be demilitarized i think that's achievable some people might look at it as appeasement but i don't think it's appeasement if ukraine is allowed to keep their independence i think it's just negotiations at that point because i do think security concerns are valid uh for russia you know i mean we we would do the same thing it's like why does the united states have bases everywhere you know uh it's they are concerned about security they are a, a power player on the world stage, and I think they're getting stronger along with China. Um, and I am hoping that if we do treat Ukraine as uh, a neutral state, that they would pull out and leave them alone, and then everything can go back to normal. Um, I personally wouldn't mind if NATO de-escalated, because it just kind of seems like, uh, I mean, didn't the leader of NATO, that German general guys say like all of his people aren't equipped to um even like fight they're like powerless forces or something he said i know a lot of the german military only- yeah yeah and germany's the head of nato right now um and they don't want to go to war with russia i mean that's where all their energy comes from um so i don't know i think russia is just too entrenched and has too much power uh in the region and they're gonna suffer these financial consequences that I feel the brunt of will go to the working class. And I think they're going to get what they want out of this. If truly all they want is a demilitarized Ukraine, if they actually want to take more of Ukraine or take the whole of Ukraine uh, as Russia, that's where I think there's going to be issue. Yeah. Yeah. And I do kind of wonder like what the resilience of the Ukrainian people will be compared to like Afghanistan or the Vietnamese, you know, who both have toppled, great empires or outlasted great empires militarily I'm you know i can't the same. <laughs> exactly i can't imagine that's going to be easy at all and i mean i would think that there's probably some actors from russia like the chechens or something who would go over there and try to fuck up the russian forces you know there, there has to be a lot of shit happening like there's going to be some weird uh breakaway like militant people in all these enclaves that are all over the place there that are going to want to come in and fuck shit up too. Like, I, I just don't think there is a winning scenario for either anyone here unless, like I said, unless they truly just want a neutral demilitarized Ukraine. I agree. That's the best they can get in my opinion. Cause it's like, what happens if Ukraine falls into just statelessness, you know, like what happens if 
the leadership of Ukraine dies and Russia tries to take over, they're point, not going I, to. Yeah, at this point, if they do kill Linsky or whatever, that would just... He'd he be would, a martyr. Yeah, he'd be a martyr, and that would just make the resistance even worse. And you, Uh-huh. That region would never know peace. Yeah. There'd be no value to that to Russia in that regard. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I don't want to make any predictions, like I said, because I don't fucking know what's going on. Uh-huh. The world's upside down, and we could yeah. be all gone by next podcast. <laughs> I wonder, I do wonder too, and not to make this too long, but I like, do you think, I wonder if there would ever be a possibility where uh, we would go to war with a nu- nuclear power no. nuclear, and not use our nukes? No, because, <laughs> because war is always an escalation. Yeah. But when does, when does a zero sum game go from the war itself to just these weapons? I don't know. Just a thought. Silent. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, we can wrap wrap her up. Um, oh, wait, we should probably read some email. Email time. Email time. Some? It is. Let's explore this email time. All right. Uh, my mom sent us an email uh, a couple of weeks ago or about a week ago. Actually, she said this, this is a throwback. Interesting how one of the Sigma bros, Kevin, spouts the evils of capitalism while proposing a business that literally charges people to <laughs> sift through garbage. Oh! Yeah. I think that's... Got him. Got him. Yeah. Yeah. I still think that's a great business idea um, where we take... We just get a bunch of U-Hauls or trailers and we charge people to drive them to a garbage uh, landfill, fill up the trailer, and we'll drop it off at their house. Um <laughs> it's like going to the goodwill honestly the goodwill outlet but yeah uh it was a joke sure a bit but thank you for the email i know it would hit bro <laughs> you want to take care of pollution dude they should start doing that in big cities <laughs> how do we move all the garbage from this landfill into people's homes dude that's gonna be the next challenge for capitalism that's the next market is garbage we created all this garbage. How do we sell it? That is not taken anymore. <laughs> sell it back to the people. Yeah. We got them to like bang it up against a wall for a little while and then put it in a garbage can. How do we get them to take it back out of the garbage can? That's the, that's the question. And charge them for it. God, isn't that nuts? You'd forfeit your belongings to a garbage company, paying the garbage company to haul this stuff away, and then you pay some businessman money to take it back. That honestly, that's ingenious. Uh, but anyway, uh, please uh, follow our Twitter uh, at explore underscore pod. Uh, you can email us at let's explore this pod at gmail.com. Uh, and we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash let's explore this. Yeah, it's going to be uh, Fashion Week on Monday. So. Uh, be sure to keep a lookout. Yeah, fashion week. Are, are you yeah, doing like a I'm, special I'm report? Dec- or I'm wi- I'm reeling against uh, CIA weed in their handbags. That's gonna be my bit. All right, <laughs> <laughs> Sam. Do you have anything to add? All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, I hope uh, things turn out uh, more positively for the next time we get together. Peace uh, and love enjoy- to all. Yeah, and enjoy the rest of uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks Bye. for listening.